Ridiculously Happy People cast. I'm Sophia Lemon, and I have Nikki Yo from the Ava Solution with me today. What's new, Nikki? Well, we are growing our family over here, as well as the Ava family. So I am 17 and a half weeks pregnant, and we found out that we were expecting a little boy to add to our group of girls over here. So very exciting, very tired, very angry sometimes hormones it's best <laughs> so it's been it's been a fun ride to see it now with two kids and pregnant but yeah it's lots of fun stuff going on yay mm-hmm. congratulations <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> and you just went right for it didn't you there was I, no i way. jumped into it i'm like you know what let's yeah. do it <laughs> <laughs> that's really exciting <laughs> Now, you did tell me right before we started recording that Axel is just like, oh, okay, I guess it'll be a boy. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely, we went into the appointment being like, okay, we're here, we're going to find out one more girl, we're going to have a house full of girls. And they're just like, well, right there, we would say that that's a boy. And the the look on his face was the same as when we found out that Evelyn was a girl, just like complete shock, like not what I was expecting. He comes from a family of all boys, so he always expected that he was just going to have boys. So it's just funny that now we're now it's the boy time after having two girls. So we've adjusted. We went out and like bought some little sleepers and tiny little newborn hats and stuff. And yeah, it's it's funny. It's fun. (laughs) That's awesome. I love how people are always so surprised about the the sex of the baby where I'm like, I mean, I'm not really surprised because it's going to be one or the other other. (laughs) or somewhere in between. But, you know, like, it's already surprising, exciting for sure. Like, it's cool to find out, you know, but I'm always so surprised when people are expecting it to be one thing because that's what everyone else has had. No. Yeah. No. 50-50 chance. It's just a coin flip. Given that sex could be such a range <laughs> between male and female. I wonder what the actual statistics are on that stuff. But I'm so sure there's been I, no I looked it up oh. when I had Evelyn and apparently it is, it's like 51 and a half versus like 51 and a quarter. Like it, there's a, sm- a margin for error, but it is pretty truly like 50, 50 down the middle, which is kind of hilarious. It should mm-hmm. be. I mean, you, it, you would think, right? Yeah. You, humans would probably want to, Um, 50% of one and 50% of the other. Yeah. Actually, I'm sure most species would. (laughs) Yep, exactly. That's how you keep growing. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. We would be in trouble if we were all women or all men. Probably more so if we were all men. For sure. That'd be a problem. (laughs) Arlene Dickinson posted on her threads that she thinks that if women were in charge of the world, things would run a lot smoother. And I guess it started quite a thing in the comments. And she had like follow up posts and stuff. And she's just Mm -hmm. like, this is just what I think would happen. And I'm looking at it (laughs) and I'm going, well, I mean, we have seen how men run the world. And I there's a lot of good stuff, but there's also some really stupid stuff that's yes. like very, very much not supportive of like growth and development yeah. and positive people other than men. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it would make sense that if women did things that it might run a little bit more smoothly. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I I agree, Arlene Dickinson. <laughs> We're on board. Oh man. Well, 
I told you before we got onto this podcast mm-hmm. that I have written a new description for the podcast. Yay. And I was updating it everywhere, and I kind of wondered if you were going to, like, randomly see it. But I don't think that you did. Cause you I have not like seen it surprised. so far. Okay. Yes. So are you ready? Are you ready for this? I am. I'm ready. <clears throat> Goodness. All right. Want to live more kindly, more confidently, and more ridiculously happy? We do, too. I, Sophia Lemon, sit down weekly with Vicky Yo of the Ava Solution and other awesome people to discuss how in the heck to balance life. We talk about it all, including family, entrepreneurship, love and friendship, wellness, mindfulness, and mental health. Throw on your sweats, we're already in ours, and grab your favorite drink. Prepare to... Oh, crap. (laughs) Prepare yourself (laughs) to laugh, cry, and even cringe as we share all of the bullshit that tags along with living ridiculously happy. Subscribe now to get your shit together with us. (laughs) I love that. That is, like... Perfect. On point. I'm so glad you like it and are not offended by it. (laughs) No, I think it's perfect. I have recently made the decision that it's going to make a lot more sense for me to be myself (laughs) with all of my marketing stuff. It's going to be quite a transition because I've definitely like written things in more of a professional manner for all of my marketing stuff. And I really want to give up on that because it's exhausting. It just doesn't really work. So mm-hmm. I am deciding, making the conscious decision to be more authentic. Good. Oh, yeah. I so love it. we have also switched the podcast to explicit, which just, just means that we might swear every once in a while. Yeah. So if you don't want your kids to hear that, put on some headphones. But mm-hmm. outside of that, we're gosh darn going to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we're going to do it. Like, as you know, I watch a lot of reality TV. And one of the series that I like to watch is Below Deck and all mm-hmm. of the Below Deck everything. And there is one woman on that series, I think technically Below Deck Down Under, but you, you okay. have to go watch all of them. Just say it. <laughs> um, her name is Aisha, and she is the sweetest, most kind person in the world, probably. Um, but also has the dirtiest mouth. She just says whatever comes into her mind out loud and everyone takes it so well because she's just 100% being herself 100% of the time. And she's just seems to be happy all the time. Obviously people go through difficult times, so I'm not going to say she is happy all the time, but you know, she genuinely seems happy um, in everything that she shares about her life. Mm -hmm. And just, she's, like I watch that and I'm like fuck (laughs) Um, yeah I want to be that confident in what I say do I really need Mm -hmm. to be like concerned about saying things out loud and not being myself and I'm a weirdo so I'm gonna go ahead and be a weirdo I'm fine with that embrace Mm -hmm. it why not yeah yeah and everyone swears swearing is they do normal it gives yeah and it gives like context and like helps yeah. people like express, you know, their emotions in their entirety. We mm-hmm. no longer live in Shakespeare's time where you do that with like yeah. fancy words and stuff. Yeah. No, that's just um, the emotion yeah. of like a raw bad word. That's just like, mm-hmm. this is exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am, you know, not suggesting that anyone starts swearing at people, you know, say stuff <laughs> like... 
fuck you, you asshole. But, you know, <laughs> swear to give context to, you know, yeah. what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Yeah. And it's just a reality of the world and all of that. Um, yeah. And with that in mind, you and I sort of randomly decided to talk about boundaries. Yes. Mm-hmm. We did. And it kind of turned out to be perfect timing because I feel like this whole shift in my being is mm-hmm. very much tied to me setting a boundary of, mm-hmm. no, I'm just going to be who I want to be <laughs> and everyone can deal yeah. with it. Not that like I'm a hostile like person, it. but yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't like it, that's fine. We don't have to be friends. <laughs> exactly. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to talk about boundaries. And I had made a few notes. And awesome. You find bound find boundaries in every area of your life. So I, I wrote down like business and friendship and family. Yep. Um, and like I know that you probably had some thoughts on boundaries too, because when we decided to do this <laughs> topic, you shared some things Except with me that I was like event session. <laughs> yeah. Which was insightful. I learned a lot about you. And yeah. <laughs> I am more impressed with you now than I was before. And I was already oh, really impressed you. with you. So, oh, and we have decided that we are absolutely going to have your mother on the podcast because yes. she should like write a book or something. Um, yep. <laughs> she should be a regular guest. She should be like, you know, Sophia, when you handled this situation like that, you probably didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, got, she's got a lot of ideas. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, where are you finding that you're focusing on boundaries the most in your life these days? The biggest one for me with boundaries is definitely in my personal life with my family. I think I did a, a pretty good job of as I was taking on clients professionally to like say, okay, these are my working hours and this is when I will and will not be available for just responses and contacting mm-hmm. and this is what I can and cannot do in terms of scheduling and flexibility. Um, with my personal life, I feel like it's always a work in progress. And especially for me, I'm like, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm a hard recovering people pleaser. My whole life was like, I'll just do the things that make everybody else happy. And I can just bury my own feelings because who cares about those, right? Um, So the big shift for me was when I had my oldest daughter that I was like, the mama bear came out. And I was like, wait a minute, these aren't just boundaries for me. These are boundaries for my family to protect my family, keep my family safe keep me comfortable within that zone and especially I mentioned this a lot but having a daughter right in the beginning of the pandemic was like those boundaries were no longer negotiable it wasn't oh well if you feel like coming over and smothering my kid with kisses fresh from the hospital have at her like that was not an option like we were visiting outside you can put on a mask and wash your hands if you want to hold her you can stay at six feet distance like we I was very like hard and fast like those are very strict rules that I had. Um, so that was almost a silver lining for me that I could like piggyback onto the pandemic to set my boundaries. And then when we had our second, I could say, oh, well, you know, it's worked really well the first time. So we're just going to keep on do- doing that. Um, but <clears throat> I'm fine too. Like I'm hitting a point in my life where I just don't have the patience that and maybe patience isn't the right word, but like I don't have the the will to go along with stuff that makes me unhappy and causes me anxiety. And like 
fuzzes up my feelings to the point where I am just miserable and it takes me two days after a visit to recover because that that sucks. Um, so, so now I'm like setting those more strictly and like really thinking about it for like days in advance about like, okay, in this situation, what can I do that will protect my feelings? Oh, we have to do a pee break. We're taking a quick break. And while we do, I have a favor to ask you. Would you please take just a couple of moments to leave us a rating and a review in your podcast app of choice? Your feedback really goes a long way in helping us reach new people and also improve the podcast. So thanks very much. And we're back to the show. We always do our pee breaks before we start. And of course, at that point, she did not have to go. But now she had to go really, really bad, really bad. (laughs) So we made it in time. That's super cute. But I totally know what you're talking about. Because um, Kevin's kids, when we've taken them camping, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember driving like an eight hour drive home. And we went to a Tim Hortons. And at the Tim Hortons, it's like, okay, we're not going to stop. So you got to go to the bathroom now. No, we're good. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes later, we have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Without fail. Oh, every time. Of course. Of course. She had the cutest thing to say on the way up, though. She was like, who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm talking to my work friend. She's like, what's her name? I was like, Sophia. And she's like, what's her hair color? I was like, it's like your hair color. We're matching. And she was like, so excited. So (laughs) Did she like see? Was she like, I think maybe. She's very curious. (laughs) Yeah. That looks similar to my hair. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were talking about needing to set boundaries in your personal life. and Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Like, it's very difficult. And, like, I think it is a learning process. And, like, okay, I tried this boundary and maybe this wasn't didn't have the outcome that I was hoping for. So let's tweak that a little bit. Um, the new baby boundaries are the easiest almost to set because you can say, oh, you know, we're adjusting to being a new family. And it's RSV and COVID and flu season. So you cannot kiss the baby and, you know, we're limiting visitors and we don't want visitors in the hospital. And maybe that option has been taken away from you. because there's no visitors allowed in the hospital anyway, but it's as they get bigger and it's this like assumption that, Oh, I can just take your kid and and wander off for the day. And that's, that's no big deal. And that is a, that's a very big deal. (laughs) Like that's like saying like, Oh, can I just borrow your arm and I'll bring it back maybe sometime eventually. (laughs) Like, not not quite the same so that and just I do a lot of thinking about what do I want my kids to see and how do I want them to view the situation that I put myself in like I was always a very timid quiet kid who like wouldn't say shit if your mouth was full of it like one of those kids and I don't want that from especially for my girl like having girls like that is not the thing that I want and I can could go on for days about uncomfortable situations that I found myself in growing up and through university where I just didn't say anything because I didn't want to make it worse. And I would rather my my daughters, especially, but my kids say, that's not okay. You can't talk to me that way. You can't treat me like this. I have more self-respect than that. And I deserve more out of this two-way relationship than what you are giving. Mm-hmm. So it's a... It's hard, though. Like, I get anxiety just, like, thinking about how I'm going to enforce the boundaries with people and, like, the backlash that will come. 
Yeah. Well, I think you really need to base your boundaries in life on your values, like really mm -hmm. drill down on what your values are. And then it's easier to say, you know, that really <laughs> flies yeah. in the face of everything that I stand for. So no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, it can definitely be hard to set boundaries, but like you're the only one who can set boundaries in yeah. your life and you're the only one who can enforce it. And mm -hmm. yeah, you're the only one to who can choose um, yes. to cross your boundaries. So if someone can't like come and cross your boundary, you have to let mm -hmm. them, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. You have to allow yeah. that behavior to affect your life. Yeah. Excuse me. And I saw something recently that was like, the boundary that you set doesn't have to be the same for every single person in your life. Like that boundary is dependent on the relationship that you have and the history that you have and, and how that you want that relationship to look. And I think for me, that was very eye opening because I have always gotten a lot of when it comes to people setting boundaries with, oh, well, you don't make this person do that. And this person was allowed to do this. And I saw on social media that this person did this with you. And what they do is not anyone else's business like that's not relevant to my relationship with person a versus person b right so it's mm -hmm. that's where i struggle i think is i for a long time it was that concept of everything needs to be fair but it mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be because not everyone treats me fairly and not everyone gives the same fairness to me that they expect me to give to them so mm -hmm. not that it's a spiteful thing but just to recognize that it's not going to be copy paste across the board with every relationship in your life don't you wish that you could just sometimes say to people like well you did this for that person and you didn't do that for me don't you wish <laughs> yeah you that's because you're an asshole um <laughs> <laughs> like there's a big old laundry list of reasons why i do not yeah. allow that so yeah one thing that i really have worked on over the years, but I really don't think that I've gotten there. You know, when someone asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, so you come up with mm -hmm. a list of reasons why you're not going to do not? it. <laughs> yeah. I've specifically had this with dating in the past where like someone would yeah. ask me to do something and then I'm like, no, like I just don't want to, but I'm giving one reason why I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then they, I'm trying they to be have nice. an, they have an argument against the yeah. reason I have given them. And I used to just go from one reason to the next reason, to the next reason, to the next reason. And then it started to sort of piss me off that I gave you one reason why I'm saying And that no. wasn't good enough. Yeah. And that wasn't good enough. And so I just started going, well, you know what? I don't want to. Don't mm. want to. Yeah. Sorry, but not yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah and it's i think it's that like it pushes that idea that like no is a complete sentence i do not owe you an explanation for what i choose to do with my time yeah. so when we have functions coming up or an event that we're supposed to attend to doesn't work with us you should be allowed to just say no i'm very sorry we won't be able to make it not no because we have this going on and then this person sleeping over and then we have this going on with the kids and then we have to be here like just no <laughs> like, I don't know why that is so tough for people to understand. Like, well, why can't you? Because I don't fucking want to. <laughs> that is like genuinely that is why. But if I say that, then now they're mad. And now I'm the problem, right? Like I've created the big issue, but mm -hmm. 
I can't just, you no, know, there's gotta be a valid reason for why I'm not agreeing to do something that makes me genuinely unhappy. But I think we talked about this recently um, mm -hmm. and you just gave an example of one of those situations that someone could turn around and say, you're attacking me. No, I'm not. I'm just yeah. standing <laughs> up for my values, setting my boundaries. And in no world yeah. does that equate to me attacking you. Attacking. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think people just need to let those things go. And I'm really horrified that people cannot take no for an answer. It is. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those things in life, especially like in my dating life when I was like, yes, the number of men who would not take no for an answer. And I'm not kidding you. There are men who have like in the last three years, like text messaged me or like followed me on social media that I haven't spoken to in years because yes. apparently five years after the last time we spoke is a reasonable amount of time to expect that they can just swing by and say demand hello. something. <laughs> I say demand yeah. because I, I say demand because I say no, I've said no and they don't. It is a demand accept it. It's like, like it's a, oh, why don't you want to talk to me? Why don't you want to go out for a <laughs> drink with me? Like. Because I've been, I haven't seen you in 12 years. I've been with my husband for eight years. I'm on pin number three. Like, you, I haven't, no, like, you're, was, yeah. were, you were one date 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I still on your phone is my personal question. <laughs> <laughs> I find that, that stuff so offensive. It, yes, really, that's one thing that really irks me. Like, if a woman says no to you, take it as a no not yeah. as a try harder and definitely don't yeah. argue with her about yeah. the reason that she's giving you for the no. Like it's not yeah. your place to control and make her behave differently and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Not that this is a gender specific thing, but I no, as a woman, but as just women, it's this. a very, <laughs> yeah, it's a very, and it's conversations I've had with m many, if not all of my female friends that, you know, second dates you agreed to because you were afraid of saying no in the moment. Dates you allowed to mm -hmm. continue because saying no felt more dangerous than saying yes. And I've been in those situations countless times. I remember one particular date when I was in university and this one sticks in me because I had, I like didn't feel comfortable enough, but like had the nerve to say no. And it was some a really just terrible date. Like, I don't know why you wanted to continue this date because there was it was awful. It was really, really terrible. <laughs> and standing outside the bar afterwards, oh, why don't you come back to my place? And I said, no, you know, I've got class in the morning or I've got to work or I've got this or whatever. Oh, well, you know, I bought your drink. You want the $10 back? Because I will give that to you. That's fine. And oh, well, can I kiss you at least? No, you cannot. And maybe <laughs> I felt like I could take this guy if he like was mm -hmm. more threatening, like kind of slight, slim, like I, I, I could handle myself here. It's a busy street. I'd be okay. But I remember leaving that date and calling my girlfriend and being so proud of the fact that I felt strong enough to not let this guy pressure me and mm -hmm. to get myself out of that situation. And the fact that that was like so few and far between because of like the danger factor and like the, the, um, the pressure put on you and like the intimidation that's there, like to not mm -hmm. feel comfortable to say no. Mm -hmm. which is awful. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And people, uh, women especially, definitely can feel uncomfortable saying no. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I have experienced those situations that you have talked about, about feeling uncomfortable saying no to like a second date or something. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to share something. And mom, if you are listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe plug your ears. I don't know. I have gone on horrible dates with people and yeah. followed them up when they like send me a text message saying, um, do you want to go out again? I'll say, no, I'm just not interested. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. No. And this has happened multiple, multiple times. They will follow up me with me saying no by asking, well, do you want to have sex then? Yeah. And yeah, they, like the kind person in me tries to shut them down kindly. Yeah. The redhead in me <laughs> wants to be like are you fucking kidding me if i don't yeah. want to date you i don't want to have I sex with you sex. Yeah. like i clearly just said i am not interested in you why are you asking me that question period yeah that's insane yeah <laughs> it's nuts and offensive and you know what mm -hmm. worse than that i have had to say to men if you contact me one more time i will call the police 100 percent. yep period <clears throat> i have yep. had a man sitting in my car just losing his mind and i had to say do i have to call the police to which yeah. he said that calmed him down yeah um no okay well get out of my car yeah like this isn't going where you want it to go you're so starting means. to act um, like unpredictably. Yeah. You need to get out. Like ugh, this stuff, this stuff drives me nuts. Anyway, this all <laughs> comes down to <laughs> setting boundaries. boundaries. So that we're, now we're talking about like dangerous and really uncomfortable stuff, like potentially dangerous, yeah. and really uncomfortable stuff. Like get, and I, I don't want to be like doom and gloom about this stuff. And, you know, like carry a knife on you at all times and pepper spray mm -hmm. and all of that delightful stuff but get very clear on what your values are what you yeah. want in life what you want in friends and partners and family figure mm -hmm. that out like that's the first thing that you need to figure out figure that out and then when someone comes to you with like do you want to do this and it does not align with your values just say no no my goodness and women please be prepared to say no to men that you are not interested in and if you need to yeah yell it at the top of your lungs then yell it at the top of your lungs then do because it. yeah man men can really not take no for an answer mm -hmm. <laughs> it drives yeah, me absolutely nuts um i do have some personal stuff um cool. that like personal boundary setting stuff that i thought might be interesting to talk about um awesome on maybe the like lower scale less dangerous less scary less <laughs> we start with the harsh stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> now that we've covered the stuff that makes my face go red and i get very very angry um <laughs> yeah um so not in a setting boundaries with people thing but setting boundaries with yourself thing like i yeah. have not been exercising i have not been eating well i know for a fact that doing those two things makes me a better person and yeah. so recently I've been like kicking my butt to just get a, a workout in whatever it is first thing in the morning, just get up early mm -hmm. every morning, 
get a workout in. My health is my number one priority. Um, it, like way before like money and business and anything else in life, I, w I am no use to anyone if I am unhealthy and I have been, yeah. and I've been completely useless to everyone. So yeah, health is my number one priority. So setting the boundary of, I need to get a workout in, in the morning. I need to have a quiet morning. I get up at five o'clock, I read, and then I work out. And I'm a morning person. I like being up super early in the morning, but I have discovered that I do not like talking mm -hmm. when I get up in the morning. I am up, I'm happy, I'm good to go. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want that first yeah. hour to be silent. That's fair. Um, yeah, so I'm setting that boundary with myself, you know? get up the boundary is that's awesome get up read exercise um yeah yeah uh, crossing over that boundary would be not getting up and, <laughs> and working out seizing the alarm staying in bed yeah yeah do you have any of those oh, awesome. in your life any of those personal boundaries that you're like i need to do this or i'm gonna kill everyone yeah 100 yeah, percent. <laughs> so i was doing really great in the beginning of my pregnancy getting up and the same thing like that five o'clock hour is perfect before the kids get up and doing a workout and having my cup of coffee in mm. peace and then um i had like i had a borderline complication they're like hey no more working out you have to wait till this resolves so now that was a wrench so i've gotten the all clear and i can start working out again but now the time change happened and my kids now wake up at 5 30 in the morning <laughs> so what why yeah because they think it's 6 30 in the morning which is when they mm. normally wake up so we're like slowly starting to readjust now it's been what we're heading into the third week of the time change so addison now sleeps till 6 6 30 mostly but she's cutting the rest of her teeth so it's toss up evelyn's still mm. 5 30 in the morning she's up she's ready to go she's rearing so that's been interesting but she's old enough where she'll hang out and play or like do part of my workout with me because i just do it in the house Aww. um so we're trying to get back on track there yeah she likes to do her exercises and her her yoga that's stretches great. so super fun so i have that is my ideal if i can get a cup of coffee in peace then like my whole day and like even just getting dressed if i don't have to start my day and be in pajamas for the first three hours i'm happy i'm in clothes it can still be sweatpants but they're clean sweatpants my hair is tied back my shirt is clean and doesn't have random kid stuff on it um so that's great and then my other boundaries at the end of my day so once the kids go to bed and my husband gets up for work at four, so he tends to go to bed relatively early too. So no matter how tired I am, I cannot just like wrap up my day and go to bed because then I lay in bed and I dream about work and it's not a restful sleep anyway. So I need like border, like minimum an hour, preferably more, where whether I'm like just watching Netflix or reading a book or working on uh, a knitting or a crochet project, like I need an hour that is not work, not kid related, not for anyone else other than myself. And then I can go to bed and I'll get a better sleep. And I feel productive in my personal life, even if it's just like, I watched two of my Netflix shows and I feel great because now I'm caught up and like, whatever. But yeah, I need something that's just for me because I'm not leaving the house to do it because it's cold and it's winter and my kids are sleeping and the dog will bark if I leave the house and come back in too late. <laughs> and so yeah, something I can do that's just exclusively peacefully mine. I don't think that you need to earn one hour of time to yourself in a day, mm -hmm. but you have definitely earned one hour <laughs> of time to yourself in a day. If nothing else, right? 
and your mm. husband is about to recognize why when nine-ish months <laughs> he, from now. <laughs> <laughs> he takes some leave. Yeah. He, he his thing, like the, the big thing that he does with the kids, when he gets home from work and it's usually dinner time. So every night he does bath in bed and that's his like special time with the kids and it's one-on-one. He, like Evelyn's chattering about her day and going on and Addie's just really excited to see him. And then on the weekends, he gets up with them first thing in the morning and then they're super excited to see him and all that. And it's still... I think it's still sleeping in for him because he's only getting up at 6.30 and not quarter to four. So I think it's a win-win personally. But, um, and then I get a break from having to get the kids up and dressed and fed every morning. So he gets that special time with them in the evenings and he loves it. Last night was a bit of a kerfuffle to say the least and just nobody wanted to get in the tub and then nobody wanted to get out of the tub. So it was pretty well scream fest the entire hour-long event and he came downstairs and he was just like wiped and I was like yeah that's that's a good little snippet of my day and every time he like shakes his head he's like I do not know how the house is still standing like truly don't get it and he's redheaded patients so like very 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 small (laughs) and uh yeah, for me, it's almost like he's he's a great dad. He loves them. He loves being with them. And it's like, for me, it's like a good little like laughable moment because that's usually when I catch up on work from the day or get prepped for the next day. And uh, I'm like, oh, so peaceful. My door to my office is closed. No one's banging on my door. And he's like, all hell's breaking loose. <laughs> so fun for everybody. I think, I think that's what it's kind of supposed to be like with dads is the... Absolute yeah, chaos and the <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, all of that stuff. Wait until they're gets, teenagers. Exactly. Well, yeah, he's like <laughs> he's a little bit scared for teenage girls, but if I, I could give you okay. any advice, teenagers are supposed to rebel. It's like yes. built into their DNA. They have to because they have to learn how to take care of themselves. Yeah, so, and then learn their own boundaries. <laughs> yes. And I think it can be difficult. I think it can be yeah. such a fight because parents, like, you're trying to raise this kid. They're your kid. You feel some sort of ownership over them. For and sure. for the last, like, 12 years, you've kind of been dictating what they do. Well, when they start that getting changes. hormonal and become teenagers, yeah. they have to go out and socialize. They have to have experiences. They have to have independence. So you kind of have to just allow that to a certain extent yeah. push back the boundaries a little bit you might yeah. want to warn him in advance um yeah because you know i've experienced the young teenager <laughs> phase now and it's I a was lot not prepared for that no with my patience think- level which is also low <laughs> <laughs> very minimum or non-existent i think we're both very fortunate not regard that our parents were both of our parents were fairly liberal our parents houses respectively were were very much like the safe zone like kids are going to drink so instead of doing it out in the bush come do it at our house everybody sleeps over you have your four beers and you pass it on the couch (laughs) and you don't have Mm -hmm. to worry about like winding up in a ditch or like not knowing where anybody is and um both of our parents would like never cared how many kids were sleeping over as long as they could head count and everybody was safe and that was fine um and we've we had a lot of friends who had very very strict parents and then you go off to college or university and it's like all hell breaks loose and these are the girls that i'm 
picking up off the frat house steps and walking home and trying to cover them up because they're completely blackout wasted because they've never drank before mm. and now they're living away from home and they're going crazy and they're going too crazy because they don't know the limits and they don't know how their body reacts to these things not that you should be 14 and wasted in your parents basement by any means mm. but having that give and take that okay here's our house rules and you can follow them or you suffer the consequences mm -hmm. but the house rules are curfews at 1230 and you can only use the car when you're asking and if you are going to drink please come to us first and we will have a conversation mm -hmm. about it and you know these are our safe zone rules as opposed to like hard and fast like do this or your ass is grass so mm -hmm. it's very I always there too I always told my mother that if I ever had children, I wanted to just drop them off with my mom. And they, she could like, <laughs> my mom and dad could like raise them like intellectually <laughs> and I would just have the fun with them. Cause I don't know how my parents did this, but my brother and yeah. I growing up, we didn't like do drugs. We didn't like yeah. get heavily into drinking. We really didn't get into any trouble. And then we both managed to go away to post-secondary school and function fine. Yeah. Like, there was stuff because you have to learn how to live independently. Of course. But like, you know, when I was a teenager, I went to parties where people were drinking and doing drugs. And I had just no, I just didn't no have interest. to. I just didn't feel like yeah. it. Um, yeah. I could have fun and, you know, and then go home yeah. and not be hungover. And yeah, it exactly. was funny. And I, I had friends in college who like did some, did some drugs. I'm not gonna lie. They did yeah. some drugs. And again, just eh. not interested. And yeah. I think too, like when you can have that that safe space and that like liberalness or like those open conversations and like that honesty, mm -hmm. the excitement is no longer there to go to a party and get blackout wasted and not know where you are or who you're with or what you're doing mm -hmm. because you know better. And there's no like there's no upside to this like oh you're acting out because your parents are so strict well my parents really aren't that strict so like what am i <laughs> what am i acting out about if i want to do something i talk to my parents about it we have this open communication line we can talk about what's smart what's not smart what's safe what's not safe as opposed to just like wanting to go out and fuck around just to fuck around basically yeah for sure <laughs> i remember this conversation with my dad um and I believe that both my brother and I had the exact same conversation with my dad at separate times in the car when we were teenagers, where we said, Dad, have you ever done marijuana? Yeah. <laughs> and my dad just hands on the steering wheel. Once. And I didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> and then I seem to remember him following that up with, just don't do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Pot is fine. Stay away from the hard stuff. <laughs> and this is like, which is like not before. terrible advice, though. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And you know, like this is way before marijuana was legal. So there's like, yeah, the legality the aspect stuff. of it. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never done heroin or other any other hard drug, but yeah, um, yeah. I just remember that being like a really funny conversation, and and also from the perspective of like, he did it. He didn't like it. He discontinued doing it, recognized that I could do it. I might like it, but, mm -hmm. you know, there are other boundaries that should be set in life. Like, I'm not going to go down yeah. that road because we know going down that road is not going to end well. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm 
feeling like these days I am noticing that a lot of people are feeling very overwhelmed yes. with life right now. And suddenly, literally since we started recording this podcast, I made a note. If I really think about it, a lot of the people who are feeling overwhelmed and stretched too thin, they're kind of in our age bracket. Yes. And I'm suddenly realizing, is this like a like third life crisis where like mm -hmm. in your mid 30s, all of a sudden you have no patience for all of the bullshit that you put up with in your 20s <laughs> and you're like, fuck this. I'm setting boundaries. I'm <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of sensing that because I'm noticing that like people in their 40s are like, huh. Um, like, I'm over good. it, doing good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I keep seeing these these like memes pop up on my on my Instagram and my Facebook, and it's that like our age bracket basically started off with like first major crisis 9-11 and it has been all mm -hmm. downhill since and it's been like non-stop like one like yeah. once in a lifetime event after another after another after another mm -hmm. and like that was fully just everything that like we grew up with and then now getting to a point where it's like okay the world's going to shit so what can i do to bring myself peace of mind and what can i have control over and set my own boundaries so that i can say okay i'm only engaging in this situation or with these people in a way that benefits me because there's too much bullshit going on everywhere else for me to accept more onto my plate that's a really good point. Um, I would add that it's not that these things are all of a sudden happening. Like there's all these no. global catastrophes that didn't happen before. Like the planet has been through worse, but yeah, now we have we get to see all of it all the time, all day, twenty four seven. And mm -hmm. you know, I I have worked really hard on my Instagram algorithms so that it pretty much only shows me dogs, cats, birds, Good. and occasionally kids. Oh, and pigs. Basically all of the Ooh, animals, all cute. the cute animal stuff. Yeah, pigs are super <laughs> cute. Facebook, on the other hand, my Facebook um, video tab shows me all of the Karen videos and the oh, am okay. I the asshole videos yep. and all that stuff, I which I do. Obviously, I watch them, um, but I don't really want to. So yeah, and I'm telling you this. Um, I think it's a great idea for people to disconnect, set the boundary of spending less time on social media. And personally, I might delete Facebook and my email from my phone because I don't yep. think that I should have to check emails on my phone. That much. Ever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I do it all the time. I pick up my phone, I open the email app, and it's just instinctual. I, it, my body yeah. just does it without me thinking about muscle it. Muscle memory, so, just doing it, clicking over. I think I might have to take a little bit of a yeah. phone stuff detox. Yeah. Also, um, if that sort of stuff affects you, I know that Twitter was notorious for being the place where people went to complain and bitch at each other and yeah. be awful towards each other. Threads is like, it's, it's like a heavenly meadow of people being like, Ooh. you got this. Um, I don't know if you're on threads yet. I'm not but it's, yet. Like primarily textual and my entire feed and I'm not following that many people. It shows you content from people that you don't know. Um, it's all positive. All of it. That's awesome. The comments, the posts, everything is like, everything is awesome. Except for Arlene Dickinson's post about <laughs> maybe men are not the best leaders for the world. <laughs> but there's a positive aspect to it too. Yeah. <laughs> 
absolutely. I actually maybe was it two week, two or three weeks ago now. I was just like having just a a heavy week, and I was starting. I think I can't remember if we talked about this or not on a different episode, but um, I was just noticing that it was like every time I went on my phone, and it was the social media like comparison. Like I'm seeing all these moms that have it together, and they do all these fun activities with their kids, and their house is spotless, and they, you know, they homemade. They make every single meal from scratch and their kids actually eat it. That's my struggle. They, they, my kids don't fucking eat anything that I give them. Yeah. <laughs> and, or like what they ate yesterday, they don't eat today, but they'll eat it midweek next week, but not the week after. Like it is a, every day is a, is a surprise. Um, and it was like, I, th- I don't think that was the sole issue that I was having, but it was definitely contributing to it. And then I was getting sucked into the social media tunnel and just like, wasting my evenings once the kids were in bed just scrolling and watching reels and like all this just complete nonsense garbage and so I just like made the conscious effort it's like I'm not gonna do it I'm not going online anymore and the first two days it was like like I said with the email like every time I opened my phone I was like my finger was automatically trying to open Instagram and Facebook and I was like nope we are not doing that we are gonna be on Pinterest and look at knitting patterns if I need to look at something but like that's it and probably like it was day day end of day two and I could already feel better like it was wild how fast my mood and again it wasn't the only issue but like how fast that shift was coming into like you're doing a good job you have this under control your life looks different from everybody else's like just not having that constant barrage of like you're you are bad you suck at what you're doing like all of that imposter imposter syndrome of everything and yeah. And then it was easier to then say, okay, I'm, I'll go on, but I'm going to go on less. I'm maybe going to check it once a day and just catch up with, with friends and family and, oh, I'll watch that funny video and then I'm going to get off. And then that was easier to maintain too, but mm-hmm. it gets crazy. Yeah. Those are definitely tough boundaries for sure to maintain mm-hmm. is the muscle memory. And also mm-hmm. how do you fill your time if you're not looking at Instagram and the news exactly. and everything? Speaking of the news, like when... Oh. Everything in Ukraine started. Um, people were talking about it all the time. And I'd be like sitting in the living room with Kevin and my mother and they would be talking about Ukraine. And I'd have to like get up and leave the room. Yeah. And they would ask me like, where are you going? I'm like, I can't. I can't I am to too stressed. Mm-hmm. I am too stressed. And if this is what I hear all the time, like Ukraine and fires in Australia and Israel and everything going on in the States with abortion and (laughs) the black lives matter movement and healthcare being taken away for kids who are transgendered. Like I can't, I can't hear all of that negativity, the stuff that drives me absolutely mad all the time. So with the Ukraine, I, thinking I can't listen to that I am no use to anyone in Ukraine yeah. if I am put into such a stressful negative space that I can't function like I absolutely <laughs> because if, if you're seeing that stuff every day it negatively affects you and absolutely. it's really hard to like be a functioning helpful useful human being positive a positive light in the world if everything that you're seeing is negative I can be just much terrible. better for people in Ukraine if I'm in a good place. As much as my rage wants me to destroy anyone <laughs> who is marginalizing or harming Absolutely. any person or group of people, um, I just yeah. can't be living in the news all the time because the news. No, sucks. we are not. 
yeah, we are not built to see bad news 24 hours, like this news cycle of 24 hours news cycle. And the, if you're lucky, one feel good news story. <laughs> and that is few and far between. And I remember like when COVID first hit, watching the news all the time. The news was always on in our house because like, mm -hmm. what's going to happen next? What can we go out? Can we not go out? Can we do this? Can we not do this? Like, I was supposed to have a baby. Can I even go to the hospital? Like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I was like, I cannot watch the news anymore. So I really, yeah. I don't. Like, maybe once a month, I'll watch the news for like an hour. I'll watch like the morning cycle every couple weeks. But like, it doesn't change. It's just terrible mm -hmm. news, more school shootings, more awful things happening. Yeah. And that was something that, like, the extra, the anxiety was like a physical weight on my chest of all this terrible stuff happening in the world. Well, I'm having kids that I'm bringing into this world. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to be the ostrich and bury my head in the sand, but this is too much. And I still have access mm -hmm. to news. I still keep up to date with current events. I know what's going on in the world, but I don't need to be bombarded with it 24-7. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't understand everything that's going on in the world, but I hear about things. Yeah. And if I think I need yeah. to learn more about a particular topic, then I will probably ask it. someone or look something up. But... Mm -hmm. It's it's too much, and I don't want that negativity in my life all the time. Because mm -hmm. um, if the entire world lives in all of that negativity, I mean, where do we go from there? All, all of a yeah. sudden, there's no positivity to be had. So, yep. Yes. Um, so there's that in your personal life. Turn off the gosh darn news. Turn it off. Yeah. And get off social media. Like, we've talked about yeah. the algorithms on social media showing you stuff that they know is going to make you angry because you're more likely to respond to it if it makes you angry. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is frustrating. Um, yeah. Also, in my personal life, just for an example, um, and this, I don't know, maybe people will find this is wild, but like, we've occasionally talked about Kevin's ex-partner um, and the yep. mother of his children. And this person is just absolutely awful to communicate with in that you cannot mm -hmm. I cannot communicate with this person um <clears throat> so it, it just everything is a fight everything yeah it, the, whatever the conversation is whatever it is about it will turn into a fight um and I set the boundary two years ago now no a year and a half ago um I blocked her on my phone um yeah. So I just, I was like, that's it. I'm not communicating with this person anymore. And I will unblock her to communicate with her if there is a, an issue that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. That has happened twice in a year and a half. And one of those issues was Kevin was just in, on his way to pick up the kids. And he ended up having to call an ambulance and be taken to the hospital. Um, mm -hmm. And so I unblocked her and texted her to say Kevin is going to the hospital and he will not be there to pick up the kids and that mm -hmm. is all of the information that I have um, I do not yep. have any other information for you and she's like okay thank you I block her again <laughs> we're good and then later I hear that she immediately started texting Kevin like what's going on and just rage texting him like you're gonna have to tell the kids and like while he's getting picked up by an ambulance and taken to the hospital. Yeah. And 
unfortunately, in that situation, the boundary is not just blocking her phone number, but also not engaging with the conversation. I could have unblocked yeah. her and texted her and been like, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, I just absolutely. told you that the father of your kids is going to the hospital and your first instinct is to start rage texting him. Of like. Course. Give me a friggin' yeah, I did not do that. Because there's no point. Yeah. I know there's no you. point. It's not yeah. going to benefit me in any no, way. And it definitely, definitely won't benefit him because, yeah, it will escalate. And yet, you know, so many of us want to fight all of the time. <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, I, I've had to put a boundary in place with her. Um, mm. And I've, there are some people in my family even that I've had to sort of take a step back from yeah. because they're just willing to be angry and say nasty things. And I've just had to, yeah. and it's hard because they're, they're a part of your family and people think, well, you have to deal with these people who are a part of your family. And I'm sorry, you mm -hmm. don't just because you are blood related <laughs> to someone does not mean that you owe them anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. you'll feel like you owe them something if, you know, there is a good reason for that. But otherwise, yeah, like, people who are willing to treat you like dirt, you don't owe them anything. And it's mm -hmm. okay to set boundaries with those people. Um, yeah. And I mean, I <laughs> haven't communicated this to these people, but just like sort of take a step back and... <laughs> And sometimes you don't have to, like, you don't necessarily have to call that person and be like, listen, I'm not actually going to talk to you anymore <laughs> because you upset me. Sometimes you can just say, you know what, like, I'm not going to reach out anymore. Like, you can mm -hmm. say this to yourself. I'm not going to reach out to this person anymore. I'm not going to make plans anymore. If they reach out and they want to see someone, see, see us or do something together, I can make a decision in that moment. Yeah, I'm willing to have lunch with you or no, sorry, I'm not available. End of discussion. Um, and you, you have that right to to switch it up that way my, my I have that struggle with people in our family I'll say our family because it's my husband's and, and my side and I think for me a lot of it is I grew up without a lot of contact with my aunts and uncles because of issues that my parents had with their siblings and that they eventually said you know what this is not this relationship is not beneficial so we're not going to have this in our lives and I always wanted my kids to have relationships with their cousins and relationships with their aunts and uncles and all that. And on my side, me and my siblings have all really been in that mindset that even at times when we've been fighting so much that we're not talking necessarily, we'll all still show up to family functions and we all still do what we want to do so that the kids can get together and see each other. And when we get together, it's those issues have been let go and we're not dealing with them today and everyone's civil and we're, you know, we can put on the happy face and have a good time. And if you're not comfortable coming, then don't come. That's cool, too. That's your choice. Um, with the other side, it's been a little bit more difficult to maintain those boundaries because they're not adhered to. And my struggle is with saying, like you said, like it's the expectation on the other side that, well, we're family. And so you have to put up with the treatment and you have to allow this and you have to just go along with whatever I say, because that's just the way it is. And that is not the way it has to be. And just because, you know, grandparents have done something with their family does not mean that you have to do that with your family. And there's a lot of things that we don't do because my husband had to do them as a kid, like, for example, with Christmas. Um, Christmas morning, they'd open up toys and then they'd go to one grandparents and the other grandparents and then an aunt's and then another aunt's and then they'd be home at night 
and then it's bedtime. So he hated that. You'd wake up, you'd <laughs> open your toys, and then you'd be out the door. Yeah. So we, and I never had to do that as a kid. If anyone wanted to see us, they came to my parents' house on Christmas Day, and we did not leave the house. We were in our pajamas all day. We were playing with toys all day. My mom made an awesome dinner, and it was chill. It was, it was just lovely and calm. And I didn't even, when we when we had Evelyn, I didn't even have to push that. Axel was like, we're not leaving the house. This is our rule. We will go out on Christmas Eve. We will see you Christmas Eve. And after that, you can come to us or fuck off, basically. So <laughs> that was that was a really easy transition for us. It took a little bit of unconvincing for everybody else to get on board with that. Um but that was what worked for us. And that was something that we were really strict on. Like, I did not want to tote my kids around. I did not want to deal with driving all over the place to then come home and cook a turkey dinner. Like, I was not interested in that. So we do that. But there's other situations where we've now gotten into a point very slowly, but finally sticking to it where, like, I do not want to coordinate with my in-laws. Like, I shouldn't have to coordinate my own family visits and then my in-laws' family visits because they only visit when my husband's home anyway. So it's not like we're working on on alternate schedules or trying to figure out when works best. Um, my mother and father-in-law are still working, so they're not available during the week anyway when I'm at home with the kids. Oh, excuse me, too much coffee. Um, <laughs> so... I got to a point where we were both getting text messages back and forth with conflicting information. And it's like, we're not, <laughs> one person can handle this. And then we will discuss what works for us. And then that one person will respond back as opposed to text Axel one thing on Tuesday and then text me a different thing on Thursday and then follow up by phone call with an alternate plan on Saturday. Like it was just getting out of control. So that's the boundary that we set was Axel had to go and say, listen, like if you want to make plans, you can text me and I will get back to you when the end of my work day, essentially. Once I've talked to Nikki and we figured out what we're, our availability is and what we want to do as a family and what works for us. And there are times when it still doesn't work that way. And then I have to either respond and say, well, I have to talk to Axel or you can call Axel or whatever. And then there's times where I get that my own anger gets the better of me and I'm like we already talked about this I'm not doing this like well like and I get little text happy with my thumbs but um that's a boundary that I'm working on for myself is to just I don't just because a text comes in does not mean that I have to respond to it in that moment or ever I do not have to engage back with something that has already been made very clear what we are or are not doing <laughs> I have not met Axel yet, but I totally want to meet Axel because he sounds like he's just a flippin' awesome partner. And I am so happy that you two have the dynamic you. that you do because it sounds just <laughs> fucking fantastic. Um, that's awesome. And as you're describing this, I'm thinking like, yeah, you're going to fight with your siblings, for example, and you're yeah. going to sort of set it aside when you see each other in person. And so mm -hmm. your kids can all hang out with each other and your parents can enjoy time with you and all of that fun yeah. stuff. And that's people respecting your boundaries and people yeah. who respect your boundaries like that. You're probably going to get over the issue at some point. You'll figure out how to oh, communicate sure. about it. You yeah. will calm down. You won't be so angry. Um, and it'll sort of naturally work itself out. And then, then on the other hand, you have people who will not respect your boundaries and be very blatant yeah. about that. 
And unfortunately, those are the people who you're going to eventually be like, I can't have you in my life because having you in my yeah. life makes me an unhealthy person. And I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to be yeah. healthy. <laughs> and you can't have people in your life like doing that stuff to you because it just doesn't work. It does not work. Yeah. No, it does not. Not at all. And I think maybe this is like I've said, like I think I said in the left, last episode, my family and I are very open and very filterless when it comes to how we talk to each other. So sometimes that makes for a really big argument, but it also makes for a, com a very honest conversation where it's like, listen, you fucked up. You hurt my feelings. I did not like how you dealt with that. And I'm pissed off at you. So don't call me and I'll talk to you at thanksgiving or i'll talk to you at easter but like i need some space and that's that and i'll be like yeah okay you feel like i fucked up maybe i did maybe i didn't in my own perspective but i accept that you need some space i still love you and it's like yeah i still love you too i still want to see you i just like i need a minute and that is a boundary that we can respect but that's also one that we've spent my oldest brother's 40 and a half so or no how old am i He's going to be 42 this year. So like that's something that we've spent decades building as a dynamic between us. And that's not the same same conversation or same interaction as one that you might have with a friend or an in-law or a colleague or whatever. It's it's a very different dynamic. And I think that's where it's important to remember too, like different boundaries, different people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that we have talked about the personal boundaries stuff, mm -hmm. I think that we should probably touch on the business boundaries stuff yes. because obviously we have those in our life. And I mm -hmm. thought that I was great at setting boundaries in my business um, because mm -hmm. I had an email signature that said I will uh, not be checking my email between like, well, at night and on the weekends. <laughs> and mm -hmm. people would comment on it. They'd be like, that is so great that you say I'm not checking my email in the evenings and on weekends, like good for you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm flipping fantastic. And then reasonably recently when I was starting to feel like way too stretched thin and way too like stressed, we had that situation. That mm -hmm. situation, you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about when I <laughs> describe it. Um, when a potential client was not available at any time except this one time that happened yeah. to fall in the middle of my lunch break on a day that I don't take meetings. Mm -hmm. um, that was the only time that was gonna work for this person. And so I was like, all right, we will have the meeting then. And I log into the meeting and I wait 10 minutes and he doesn't show up. No email, nothing. No. Just didn't show up and I think that was the moment when I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. If people yeah, want to meet with me, they can meet with me when I'm available. And 100%. I have thought that before. Like, if people want to meet with me, they can meet with me when I'm available. And if people want to work with me, they are going to have to meet with me because I want to make sure that we're a good fit. Yeah. And I have gone back on that so many times. Just because people go, oh, I'm not available, like, during the day. Um I can only meet at seven o'clock in the evening and just all of that stuff. And I just don't want that to be my life because if I do that with one person, I have to do it with everyone, which means yeah. that I could very easily be working all day, every day of the week. Which is not and, the point of working for yourself, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> No. It's exhausting. Um, it exhausting. My health would suffer. And I don't want to. So, yeah. And you have that constant, like, nag then of, like, 
oh, you should be working, you should be working, even though it's supposed to be your off time, but because last week you worked during your off time. So now your off time is out the window and you're not paying attention to it. And it is, it's a struggle. And then I like, I, I think too, as a business owner, it's that concept of, okay, well, if I don't take the client, I don't get the business and if I don't get the business and I've got to look at these bills and then there's my monthly bottom line and everything shifts. But then, especially in, in my business, it's okay if someone is only is going to push me on their availability and only want to work with me when it's convenient for them. Is this someone that I want to work with? Because now I'm looking at a long-term relationship. And if they don't respect my boundaries in terms of my availability from the get-go, they're not going to respect them, you know, three months in when they're calling me in the middle of the night or they're emailing me in at, you know, four o'clock in the morning wanting to know why something's not done and then expecting an immediate response. Like that is not going to happen. And if it is, that is not someone that's worth my time to work with because that is no longer serving the business model that I've set out for myself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And mm-hmm. I have heard from business owners and business educators for the longest time, and I'm sure you have heard this too, and everyone else who is in business for themselves has heard this. If you spend all of your time chasing after people who are not going to pay you well, who are going to be a pain in the ass as a client, are not a right fit, then you are not going to have time to work with the people who are a good fit for you and your exactly. business. And I think I really misunderstood what exactly that meant for the longest time where I thought these are the people who are coming to me and the people that I want to work with are not coming to me. So if I don't work with these people, then I'm not going to be able to work with the people that I do want to work with because I, uh, those yes. people are not coming to That's not the point. The point is I'm no. wasting my time trying to please people who are not the right fit. And so I'm not going to do a good job for them, period, where I could be spending all of that time looking for the right clients and fostering relationships with people who might send me the right clients and doing a better job of my social media stuff and putting out Mm -hmm. a fun podcast and the stuff that would attract the people who are the right clients to me. So it's not that you know, you're sitting there and the right client's going to all of a sudden fall in your lap. No, No. of course not. But you're going to have, like, if I am not taking meetings with people all day that are not going to work with me that I shouldn't work with, you know, I have that many more hours to do the work to find the clients who will be good to work with. And we all know when you work with the right clients, you spend a lot less time working with them and you make a lot more money and it's just more enjoyable. That is so true. I remember when I first started Ava, um, I was really just taking any business that came in. Cause I wanted to start building reputation and a client list and get testimonials and stuff. And this is how I learned. I do not like doing social media management. Um, so I was doing social media management for a client overseas and it was great in terms of time because I could, Evelyn was just little, so I could, well, littler, I could do it around her schedule. It was something I could do like while we were playing or from the couch or like in the mornings during nap time, whatever. Um, but I didn't, didn't love the communication. It was below the rate that I wanted anyway. So it was really just something to like fill the gap while I was building. And it was during a conversation where we were determining whether or not I was going to renew a contract with this person that it became very pointed. It was like, well, you know, you're not doing this and you're not available for this. And, um, you know, I'm paying you more than I should be. I'm like, you're not paying me anywhere near what you should be. 
I ended up saying, you know what, actually, I don't think this is a great fit. So I don't think that this is going to work well. And it was probably the biggest weight off my shoulders to lift. Like you are already undervaluing the work that I do. You already have in your head that you matter more than the business mm-hmm. that I have and the work that I do for you. So if that is your attitude, that's cool for you and your business, but that is not something that I want to bring into my business. And that is not the client base that I want to then grow into. So that was a, an interesting lesson to learn, but it was something that almost, I went against my better judgment at the time and like signed on with, had this client sign on with me and almost instantaneously, I was like, this was a mistake. This is not the kind of person that I want to work with. And it was a great learning experience looking back in that regard, because now I know very quickly, like, no, I don't, I don't love what you're saying here. <laughs> I'm not loving how you're talking to me. You were not respecting what I'm putting into this or the boundaries that I'm setting in terms of availability and the work that I can do and my rate too. And so it's not worth my time and it's not worth the stress that takes away additional time from my availability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, mm. one thing that I have found in photography is that the people who want to pay the least are the people who want the most. Yes. And <laughs> they will be dicks about it and they will uh-huh. take up the majority of your time and they're paying you the least amount of money. And that drives me yep. absolutely mad. And absolutely. I see so many photographers just like cut their prices like by a significant amount just to yeah, get that to one job. Um, years yeah. ago, um, I was friends with this group of photographers in the area and all of us, like there was five of us, we all got the same email from the same organization asking about headshots and we all quoted them about $1,200. So we, the five of us went to lunch, four of us did not get the job. And at lunch, <laughs> one person was like, did you guys get the email from this company? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, what did you quote? And we all said about $1,200. And the one person goes, oh, well, yeah, that's what I quoted too. But then they came back and forth. I ended up dropping it down to $200. And we were all That's like, not even what? worth your time. Oh exactly. My what are you thinking? Why would you yeah. even take that job? It's not worth your time. And you're going to be in, you're going to end up spending a lot of time on it. I was like, that mm-hmm. is just mad. And photographers get really pissed about that sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. they'll say like, you're devaluing our entire yeah. industry. Um, no. Okay. No, they're not. <laughs> I was a part this group had <clears throat> a Facebook group and one person took a screenshot of a photographer in air quotes um, posting mini sessions at a park and they were charging 25 bucks took a screenshot of this posted in the group and started ripping this person for charging $20 for mini sessions and mm-hmm. they were saying this person is devaluing everything that we do and there was a whole breakdown in that conversation that resulted in me leaving the group because I thought that they were bullying this person and they did not agree. And I thought that that was not behavior that I wanted to associate myself with. So I left the group and have not been a part of that shit since. But the devaluing our work thing, like the person who's going to spend $20 on a mini session for their family is not the person who's going to hire me, period. Yeah. 
the only way that that person would hire me is if I dropped my prices to $20. Exactly. Like that person is not my competition. Mm -hmm. I'm chasing after the wrong clients if I think that I'm going to get someone to go from $20 for a photo session to $1,000 or $2,000 or $3,000. I am barking up the wrong tree. I'm looking in the wrong place. I'm just doing (laughs) everything not productively. So yeah, the pricing thing is a challenge. And when people are starting out in business, they tend to try to take on all the jobs that they can, which I totally understand, like getting the experience and everything. Um, But at some point, you definitely need to make sure that you're pricing yourself so that Mm -hmm. it matches the value that you bring to your clients. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Now, what about people who do not work for themselves? My mother used to get emails from um, not her employer, but someone at the same organization where she worked. Um, At midnight, this woman would be sending out emails at midnight to staff. And my mom's phone would be ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Like, Do not answer those. Don't answer those emails. If you're a salaried employee or even an hourly employee and you are doing any work outside of your business hours, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Do no work. paid for that. Yeah. Exactly. If you are at home with your family, put your phone away and don't do any mm-hmm. work because that's not, that's not fair to you. If you can't get your work done in the day while you're at work, then you are not getting paid enough for the job that you are doing. You're not getting enough support. You're obviously overwhelmed with work. And that's a conversation that you need to have with your employer. Like, I don't have enough support. I don't have enough Mm -hmm. time. And I'm not getting paid well enough to do all of the work that I'm doing because I'm sitting at home after five o'clock when I should be spending time with my kids. And I'm trying to catch up on the work that I wasn't able to get done at work. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. We already work too much and not spend enough time with our families Mm -hmm. don't do that no i agree completely (laughs) and it's you see like i always held office jobs before starting this business and there were multiple jobs where it was like okay well you can so and so quit so now you have their workload do i get do i get their salary too and you you don't you just now have more shit to do every single day. And then it's a question of, oh, you're taking a lot of bathroom breaks. Yeah. Yeah, I bet I am because I have to go to the bathroom because I'm at my desk all day drinking water and talking on the phone. And yeah. oh, well, you know what? You you left right at five o'clock or you only were here until 5.15. Well, my day ended at 4.30 actually. So you're lucky you got that much extra out of me or five minutes late back from your lunch break. Yeah, but I came in half an hour early to clean up shit that someone else didn't do from the day before. Like it's the the stickiness to you have to be here in the seat eight hours a day, but you also have to stay later and you also have to do additional jobs that you're not compensated for. And now your performance review is under because you're not meeting any of your targets because you're doing the jobs of five people. So none of your Mm -hmm. targets are like, it's a system that you're designed to fail in. Like, how can I meet... Mm -hmm targets for one job when I'm doing three jobs at the same time. Like my num your numbers are never going to hit that level of exceeds expectation where I don't get paid to exceed the expectation. I get paid to meet the, de- the deadline, right? 
And so in those situations, it was always so interesting to me and not in a great way where you are expecting me to go above and beyond, but you're not giving me the pay to go above and beyond. And the hours in the day are not there for me to go above and beyond. So you can't expect me to make 40 grand a year, but do the jobs that would equate 140 grand a year. Like that just does not make sense. That's great that you as a company want to make a profit, but that is not my problem. (laughs) When someone at your job is trying to tell you that you are not reaching your targets when you're doing the job of multiple people, here's what you should do. You should go all math on them. And when they're saying, okay, these are your targets, but you've taken on the job of one or two other people, be like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, like 100% capacity of my job is actually 200, 300% capacity because I I am performing as three people. So how much of those targets am I actually hitting? Am I hitting like 150% of one human being? Mm-hmm. You should probably increase my salary exactly. by 50%. And then yeah. we can talk and more about talk. Meeting, yeah. <laughs> meeting targets. Um, try that with yeah. your boss um, because that stuff is yeah. nuts. Do we feel like we have talked this topic to death in this particular episode? I feel like we've done quite well with... I think we've like really covered all the bases. Were there anything, any other notes that you had that you wanted to address? Um, I don't think so. I think I definitely got my spiel out there. The big one, I, like, I just, I know it, how hard it can be to set the boundaries, but the, the consequence of not setting them is just complete misery and anxiety. And if you're already struggling with mental health issues, not adhering to your boundaries just makes it all so much worse. And that is something that I try to reconcile on a daily basis that this is very hard to do. But if I do not do it, the outcome is way fucking worse. I would argue that if you don't adhere to your boundaries, you will develop mental health issues because yeah. you're you're guaranteeing that you're going to fail on a daily basis at Absolutely. whatever your values are, right? So what mm-hmm. is your ridiculously happy moment today, Nikki? My ridiculously happy moment is that I bought myself an early Christmas present, which I usually I don't do, um, but I bought myself a new coffee maker. <laughs> which sounds kind of silly. Um, But, and there's nothing wrong with our old coffee maker. Other than that, I wanted a better one and it was a great sale. So it's a Keurig that has brews into a full carafe that is stainless steel. So I no longer have burnt coffee. I just have nice hot coffee from the minute it brews, which is great because there's no burner underneath. It just comes through and it fills the pot and it's completely sealed and it's wonderful. And it also has a secondary section in the back for a single pod. So today I made myself a single cup of coffee and then I can make a full pot later on if I want. And it just makes me very happy that I can have a nice hot cup of coffee because I will generally make the pot in the morning and then I don't get to it because I'm dealing with the kids or work or whatever else or the dog. And by the time I get to my coffee, my cup is cold. So I go to top it up and then it's burnt. And it just makes me sad inside because now I have old burnt sludgy coffee and I'm not going to waste it. So I drink awful coffee, but now I don't have to do that. So that is my ridiculously happy moment. I have good coffee again. That's awesome. (laughs) What a waste of good coffee too, to like drink it. Yeah. It's cold or it's burnt or whatever. Burnt and sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so my ridiculously happy moment is I was sitting here on Wednesday or Tuesday. I, 
it's Thursday mm-hmm. today. I was sitting here on Tuesday and I was listening to music while I was doing work. And all of a sudden I'm like, this sounds familiar. Like I've heard this singer before. I know this song. I pick up my phone and yep, I recognize that name and I go in. I'm, yep. There's the album cover. This artist popped up in my iTunes or Apple Music or whatever it's called these days that I haven't listened to in probably at least 10 years, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe 15. And I didn't have this guy in my uh, music library anymore. And I was like, this is awesome. I went and downloaded that album. Um, and then I listened to that album for a while. And I'm sitting here like singing along with everything, whistling to the tune the entire time. I knew all of the words. I knew, <laughs> I knew all of the melodies and everything. And I was just like, this is awesome. Like, I love it. I love it. I love this guy's music. So his name is Andrew Bird. He's like, I would say totally fits into my like weird music tastes because he's not like mainstream by any means, but Mm -hmm. just lovely to listen to. Um, But I'm texting like texting my mother and Kevin and I'm like, why is it that I can remember every word to every song (laughs) that I listened to? In like 2010, uh, I but I walk that. through a doorway and I can't remember what I'm doing. Like how? Yep. <laughs> how is that possible? Oh my goodness! Memory okay. is unreal. <laughs> Music does something to you. Like it does. Yeah. It just functions in the brain differently than other stuff, and I love it. Absolutely. And if. I get old and get dementia, I'm going to have to just listen to all the music. I should make like a dementia file. Like if I don't remember things, play this. Because I'm probably going to start. Yeah, (laughs) it'll jog my memory. (laughs) (laughs) Where where can people find you, Nikki? I am online, uh, www.theavasolution.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at theavasolution. And my email is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at theavasolution.com. Nice and consistent. Does anyone ever spell your name just wrong? Every single time. Like, literally all the time. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm in the habit of spelling my first and last name now because nobody, I always get, even yo gets spelt wrong all the time. So I'm like, "Uh, this is my name. Let me spell it out. (laughs) The only reason I know how to spell yo is because my principal in high school was a yo. Oh, really? That's so I know funny. how to do that one. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> Just a minute. It's it is heavy. Thank you. <laughs> and I am Sophia Lemon, and I photograph ridiculously happy people. You can find me on Instagram at ridiculously happy people, on Facebook, on Pinterest, and at sophialemon.com. And I'm fiddling around a little bit on TikTok too. If you happen to be on there, um, check that out. Um, I'm. I'm not very good at it, but I'm giving it a whirl. <laughs> um, if you want to hear your ridiculously happy moment on the pod, go to happyp.pl slash moment. And you can record it there and we'll play it. Or you can watch for the social media prompts on Instagram and um, we will read it on the podcast. And who do you know who is maybe overwhelmed and working too hard and always checking their email when they're supposed to be having dinner with their family? Um, share this episode with them. You can use the shareable links in the description. And please subscribe and rate, leave a review of this podcast in your podcast app of choice because your feedback really helps us improve the show and reach more people like you. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Oh,